0: Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Laurie, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This podcast, I'm going to give you a couple of warnings um, before you go and listen to it. I've attempted to do this podcast about three times already, and I'm hoping this will be the one. I'm also leaving my phone on because I'm waiting for a call. So you may hear the phone ring, and then I'll pause and uh, take that call. Um, this podcast is going to be talking about pet loss, grief, um, difficult thoughts, support, grace, acceptance, and maybe a little Alzheimer's, I'm not sure. I have a feeling this podcast is going to be in parts because as I'm living through this, walking through this, um, there's more that's coming to the surface. And I'm a spiritual teacher that likes to teach uh, through story. I personally get so much out of story and I like teaching through story. And it's important to me that I share from that place. Life is also messy. And I'm very tired of people out there that act as if life is easy because they've figured out the spirituality of it all. They're channeling, I channel and they figured it out and they are in bliss. And I call bull crap on that. Um, But I also really want to talk about getting support when you need support and how important that is because I think so many people try to walk this earth on their own, and we're not here to do this on our own. And so I would say to any of you who are going through a difficult time to please reach out and find support where you can find support. So again, I tried to do this podcast many, many times. And um, the story is still so big for me that I had a therapist once teach me a long time ago, that when you're still in the pain of the story, it takes a long time to tell. She said, you'll know you'll be healing from the story. It'll get shorter and shorter and shorter as you tell it. She said, that's when you know you're healed. And she's so right, because when I first went to her, this was years ago when I first started therapy, I remember telling her my stories, and they were long and harrowing and hard. And then with each therapist that I went to and had to fill in my history, those stories became shorter. Now they're like a snippet. If somebody needs to know my background, this happened to me when I was four, this happened to me here, this happened to me here, this happened to me here. And this story, I'm still living through it. So when I first tried to tell you and I did a recording, It was 5555, which I really liked that number. And I was like, I should let that go. And I was like, I can't, I can't, not yet. And it wasn't because of my vulnerability or my emotions. It was more because it wasn't the story I was supposed to tell. And then I tried it again. And then I tried it again. So now I'm going to try it again. We'll see if it works. I think this one will be shorter than the others. Um, I'm still a little dizzy. I'm still a little tired. um, And I'm walking through it. So many of us are very highly sensitive people. We're extremely sensitive. And that is not something to hide. To me, one of the things that I've been committed to this year is great big change. And the way that I've committed to great big change is by working on myself. I'm not waiting for the universe to say, hey, here it is. Here's the opportunity. So you ready to change? Instead, I recognize, okay, I'm ready for change. Things have to change. What do I need to do inside of me to create this change? And I've been working very uh, diligently on that. And I've been doing that through different things. Some of it has been through my own personal journey of what I need to do through my own techniques and tools that I know what to do. Some of it has been reaching out and finding a therapist and um, reading certain books, um, talking with certain healers. Uh, Doing group programs, if that's what I need to do. And that's what I've been doing. I've been throwing everything at it that I know is intuitively right for me. And I've been working on it. And um, it's been interesting and good and necessary, very necessary. So you can't walk through this stuff alone. And you also can't wait till the universe brings you the opportunity before you change. You have to change, and then the universe changes with you. So, um, last week, I lost my beloved dog, Micah, and um, if many of you have been following me, you know how much my dogs are a part of my life. they're very important to me. they are like my family, and um, it was a very, very hard loss. It was unexpected as much as he was declining in health. nobody I was just talking to the vet today expected that to happen because. Besides his uh joints and his limbs giving out, we were doing therapy. I was building a lift for him to go up the stairs because I live in a hillside home. And we also were giving him injections, which helped for a good uh, for a few months. So about over two weeks ago, um he went lame on one leg, which I we we didn't know why. And we did an x-ray and it ended up being his ACL. And I've gone through this with my other dog. And so the vet and I came up with a plan of what we would do. And I know scar tissue builds and we were doing joint injections. I'm not going to get into all the specifics. Um, and that was on Wednesday, a Wednesday, I found out. And then on a Saturday, I, he was already doing better. He was walking on it. And then on a Monday, I did injections. And then um, he wasn't better from the injections, which was very unusual because I've had these injections before and he usually bounces back and he does great. And I was like, something's wrong. And I spoke to the vet. And she said, Well, maybe you need to give him more. um, We need to give him some pain medication to just get through because it could take a few days. So I did that um, with my other vet in town, um, because the rehab vet is very far away. And the next morning he got up, I woke up, he woke me up, and he couldn't walk anymore. So I didn't know what to do because I live in a hillside house and I called the rehab vet. And there's a reason why I'm telling you these parts of the story. And she was like, okay, well, bring him to me. And I was like, I, I don't know how many times I've said I live in a hillside house. He's over a hundred pounds and everything is stairs and I can't lift this dog. And I sat there. So we decided to do a, an appointment via video. And I sat there not knowing what to do. I was like, I've got to try to get him into the car. And I would would try to get him up for a minute, but there was no, because I figured if I could, maybe maybe it's just something off for a minute, you know, and I can get him up the stairs and into the car. and um, But that was not happening. He was crying, and it just wasn't happening. So I called my neighborhood vet, or I emailed my neighborhood vet, and uh, they called me right away, and they said, we will come to you. And the minute they said that, I started bawling. I was already crying, but by that time, I was just bawling because the kindness that I've experienced through this loss has been blowing me away and really opening my heart even more. So when they came, I did a tele video with one vet and um, the one vet that we have that that's far away. And she said, I think it's time. And then my vet came and they said it was time. And I'm not going to get into all the details of that. That was the story I was telling you because I was, I was grieving so hard. Um, but it was a beautiful way to do it and um and it was very very difficult and afterwards i was grieving so hard that i was like wow i've never had this where i didn't want to be here without that dog's love um but i am lucky where i have friends i've built friendships and i got on a call with a friend right away i got on a call when i had a feeling it was happening with this one friend my beautiful friend Benita, and then after it happened, I called her right away, and she talked to me for quite some time. And I don't recall everything that happened or who I called or who I reached out to, but I have a mechanism in me when I need help, I reach out. And she also reiterated that to me because she had had a loss um, a, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and I said, "How did you get through?" And she said, "I reached out. This is what I did." And she kind of gave me the steps of what to do. so I followed her lead and did what she told me to do. And at the same time, I've been looking for a therapist, I've been looking for to get some help, because I'm like, I'm ready for great change. And you can't do, in my opinion, if you're looking to really acknowledge the things in your life that you want to grow and expand, and if you're not able to grow and expand them, you need help, you need someone else who can reflect back to you what you're not seeing and help guide you through them. So I'd been looking for a therapist all along too. And um, the Saturday before this happened, I spoke to a therapist that my doctor recommended and we made an appointment for Friday. And Micah passed on Thursday. The Saturday that I spoke to that therapist, Micah was walking better, we went to the park. It's not like I had him running around, but um, we did our usual stuff that makes him very, very happy. And Venus and I, when we just went to the park, and that night I came home and I was like, oh my goodness, he's gonna be okay. This scar tissue, he'll have the injections on Monday. And as I was sitting eating my dinner, and he was downstairs, he likes to be outside. He was outside. I was eating my dinner, and all of a sudden I looked up and there was a bat, a real bat flying around my living room. And I had no idea how that bat got into my house because I keep the screen door shut because I have a crazy cat. I live in the three-story house, and that cat will walk the plank of my deck and so the screens are usually shut the only screen I will sometimes open is the bedroom one because that deck is very close to the ground and I let the cat go out there it's like their cat house but none of the screens were open and I don't know if it snuck in during the day the bat, it hid somewhere or spirit just threw it in there because it was a sign and I've been asking spirit for a sign because I've been working so diligently on myself for this change and I'd been asking for some type of sign from spirit. So I figured, okay, the bat's the sign. I looked it up on Google, did not resonate with me. The Sunday morning when I got up to journal, I grabbed Animal Speak by Ted Andrews and I read about bats and it spoke to me completely. And it was about great change, a death, um, but I figured the death was me, like a personal part of myself dying, uh, surrender and something great happening. I realize now that the bat was telling me that I was going to lose Micah and that I had to surrender to this and that um, let what comes up comes up. And during the loss of Micah, one of the things I was saying to my friend Benita is, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. And in the same time that this was happening, actually the, the day that I found out about the ACL, The next day, my mother went into the hospital. Um, She's out of the hospital, but her health is declining as well. So there's a multitude of things happening all at the same time and things with, you know, just a lot of different things are happening. A lot of things breaking down, um, a lot of shifts, a lot of me having to commit to the promises I've made to myself, even when it comes to my own business. Um, I've made decisions not to do certain interviews. I've made decisions to not serve a certain client, a client that wants to stay in victimization. I've created a new opt-in, the higher self opt-in. A lot of people are doing that. You can find that at marilynalorian.com forward slash higher self. I've made a lot of commitments to myself. And people think when you make the commitment to change, it should be easy because you finally are like, okay, I'm doing the change. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And it's been my experience that's when everything crumbles down. So I've been walking through this experience and there's other stuff going on that I'm not willing to share at the time of this recording, which is August fifteenth, uh, 2023 at 3pm right now when I record that time and. Um, I, I have to tell you that it's been a very harrowing difficult experience. And one of the things that Micah did, and I realized this on Friday after he passed, and I was talking to the new therapist, and I said, Micah came into my life when I shut down my heart, when I said no more, because I had opened up to a relationship, and it wasn't a good person, and I knew enough, was conscious enough, I actually invited in the exact replica of my ex-boyfriend, um, when things were going awry, I didn't stay in it. I cut off all ties which was very interesting for me because when i'm in when i feel something for someone so strongly i sometimes hold on a little too tight and this time i was like nope sorry dude i'm out of here you can't respect me you can't care for me but there were like all these different men in my life at that time and i shut my heart down and a lot of spiritual people have had this experience where they haven't been in relationship for many many years because I feel like we've decided if we're going to be in relationship or when we're in relationship, I should say, it's going to be with somebody who can um, enhance our lives. Right. And I had been working on this for some time. I'd worked with an EMDR therapist not too long ago about relationship. I was like, I haven't been in a relationship and I want to figure out why. And why did I shut down my heart? And we were doing EMDR around it. And she's like, I don't think you want a relationship. And I was like, just because I'm good on my own and I don't feel like I need someone to complete me does not mean that I don't want or desire a romantic relationship. Now, the the bigger thing with that is too, and like I said to this therapist, I don't know what's going to happen, but the idea is that we need to explore what it is, why that happened, why I shut down my heart. And whatever's supposed to come from it will come from it. So. I'd realized Friday that the Friday after he passed, I was like, "Oh my goodness, he came in, he, like he jumped into my heart the second I met him." And I've been sharing a lot of this on my personal Facebook page, which you can read the posts there. I haven't been sharing it anywhere else yet because it's too raw for me to share with a my personal Facebook page is um, it's open to the public, but to the public, listen to me, you know what I'm saying. But I don't have like five thousand friends, you know. I I don't I don't operate that way. Um, So, the therapist on Friday was like, "Wow, that's worth the whole session that you had that realization." I work pretty fast, you know, and I pick things up pretty quickly. So I contacted my vet. I'm like, "I need a bereavement group." I've been looking for grief counselors. I've been looking online, and um, I even contacted other groups because I'm not only dealing with Mica passing, but I'm dealing with the fact that my mother's had Alzheimer's for quite some time and I've never given myself permission to grieve the loss of my mother and I never gave myself permission to grieve the loss of my mother because my brother who is the caretaker and a very good caretaker we don't get along and it has been made known to me many times that I'm a bad daughter for um I'm not going to get into that because you know I've shared about that before in this podcast. And I have to say, one, I'm very appreciative of how much he takes care of my mother. And two, I've forgiven the anger towards me because it's got to be very difficult for him. And I don't agree that I'm a bad daughter because I'm not choosing to, um, you know, the old Italian way, go have your mother. I just, I'm not doing that anyway. I'm not going to, if my mother wants to move to Cal, if they want to move my mother to California, that's a different story. So let's not go down that road because that's tied into a lot of crap that you don't need to hear. Bottom line is I realize that I'm grieving. Many of you may be grieving. We don't allow ourselves the opportunity to grieve. The other thing I'd been realizing during this period in time is how much anger is still in my body. And it's not even because I'm angry. At times, I'll be like, why am I angry? I'm like, there's no reason to be angry. And our body memorizes emotions. And then that emotion comes up. It could be 6 p.m. at night. And all of a sudden, you're angry. And you're like, because you're used to being angry when it's dinner time and there's so much going on, but you're not even angry in that moment. But your body tells you you're angry. And you're like, wait a second, I'm not angry. So I've been dealing with that and dissolving that as it comes up, being like, that's not even true. And what's underneath anger is a lot of sadness. And So I've been allowing the sadness to come up. I'm not hiding my emotions. I'm not denying my emotions. I'm allowing my emotions to come up and through me. I'm not gonna be a spiritual teacher that's like, I'm all bliss. I'm just not gonna do that. I'm gonna tell you the truth. And what I really want for everyone is, I want people to, to not shut down their hearts, to live. I don't want people to be crying all the time but i want people to be acknowledge, to acknowledge their their feelings and not hide them so moving this story along and like i said this is probably going to be in many parts cuz i'm also very dizzy telling the story cuz i have a concussion um and that was like 6 weeks ago or something and my you know a concussion can take a while to heal so and i'm healing it please do not send advice please i hate that i have a great doctor and we are working on it anyway Um, And I'll tell you what I don't like about unsolicited advice. People have uh, been very afraid to give me advice, people that I trust and respect because they read my Facebook page. Like one of my beautiful uh, students in Next Level Living is a vet. And she was like, I know you don't like unsolicited advice, but I wanted to offer up. And I'm like, you're a friggin' vet. You're in my program. I completely trust you. It's okay. I don't like unsolicited advice when it comes from a place of I know better than you or it's projection. I had one woman who was like projecting on my Facebook page. I was talking about buy, selling my car. I shared this before and she was like, I think you're in a lot of fear and that and I, you need to do this. And I was like, who the F are you? And I went back at her and of course she didn't answer. And then she did it one more time. And I was like, delete and block, you're gone. I can't stand advice like that. It's different when you are really exper- talking from life experience. And when you talk from life experience and offer up advice, it's never from a place of, I know better than you. Da 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 da. Let me tell you, that's ego. There's a uh, woman. So during this, right, I did do a post on Facebook, and I was did not want to do a post post on Facebook, and I didn't do it until like I think four days later after Micah passed, because I knew my heart would not be able to receive the love. I, like I just was in so much pain, but something told me to do it, and I got like over three hundred comments and. I haven't been able to comment back because my heart was just melting. And I'm gonna tell you the story about that in a second. But people have been reaching out to me on Voxer and text and Messenger, and it's actually been quite beautiful. People I haven't spoken to in years who understand the pain of losing a pet. I haven't shared about my mother. I haven't shared about the other things, the concussion. Some of them know that um, because I did write a post about that. And this beautiful woman, Sarah, who I've known for quite a few years now. And what's fascinating about Sarah, and I do want to share her message, but I'm not going to do it today. I told her I was going to share it. She, So she voxered me. Voxer is a, a great audio um, device. And she left me a message. And it's funny, different people have voxered me. And there's only some people I can listen to right now. And I listened to her message and it was so beautiful and so vulnerable, and so transparent, and so about her own experience. And numerous times she has said in it, I'm not I'm not even projecting, I don't know how you feel. I'm not telling you how you feel. I don't know what's going on. I just wanna share my experience. That's the way you share, in my opinion. When I give, unless I'm coaching you, even when I'm coaching, I'm hoping that I'm always holding the client's emotions and not fully knowing what the client is going through, even if they're sharing with me, but we're sharing it with an open perspective and I'm giving them advice and telling them what to do or giving them advice about where to go, but still there's always free will in it. So that's why I don't like unsolicited advice because when people, that one woman, man, I wish I could remember her name. If she was next to me, I probably would have punched her in the face. Talk about anger. I was like, who are you? And where did, I don't even think she was real. To me, it felt like some kind of fake Facebook profile. So then I went on a little tangent of unsolicited advice, but all of this is really important because what's been happening to me is a bouquet of emotions. And I'm looking at these beautiful roses on my desk that my neighbor read my post and she dropped off roses and has been texting me to see how I'm doing. And uh, roses have a huge significance for me, huge. And she doesn't know that. And I said, thank you so much. And they smell beautiful. But there's a bouquet of emotions that are coming up in me that I'm refusing to deny. So with the anger, I'm noticing um, sadness. And then within sadness, I'm noticing acceptance and grace and kindness. And before Micah passed, I had an experience of kindness. And I'm always talking to you about Marin and how this isn't the right place for me. It's, It's not, but I'm shifting how I feel about it. And I went into CVS to pick a prescription up and brought Micah and Venus with me. And I traveled, I used to go into stores all the time with them and Micah was not doing well. And I was like, "Oh, well, I got to put him back in the car. And luckily it was a cool enough day where I could put him in the car. And as I was leaving CVS, pretty much holding him up, um, this woman that worked there looked at me and she said, are you okay? Like looked me straight in the eyes. And I can't tell you that that has not been my experience here. And I went, yeah, I'm okay. And she looked at me again. She said, no, really, do you need help? Are you okay? And it was so kind. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Thank you so much. And I put the dogs in the car and I went back into CVS and I wanted to thank her because people don't realize, or maybe they do. And many of you I'm sure do this because you're empaths. That act of kindness in that moment goes a mile. It goes so far. It was exactly what I needed at that moment in time because I was feeling very distraught and worried about my dog, and she could feel it. so I got back online and I started talking to the woman behind me, another very kind woman, and she was telling me how her daughter was having ACL surgery, like two actually she was having her daughter was having the ACL surgery. I just realized this the day that Micah passed. Is that correct? Yes, it is. So there's so many significance and synchronicities and they're just starting to come to me today and I'll tell you and yesterday, and I'm sure they're gonna continue to come. And that's why I can share this story today. So one of the things I've noticed in myself is acceptance of people. So I I didn't play tennis because I just couldn't, when I grieve, I grieve hard and I grieve with myself because I can't talk to many people. So there were a few people I talked to, I texted with, and then I do what I need to do to take care of myself. It's the way I grieve. And uh, my assistant was amazing. She's like, are you okay? And I think she was expecting me to be working the next day because there were times that I was like, I hit my head, I have severe vertigo, I'm gonna be off for a few days. And then I wasn't off, I'd still be working. And I was like, no, when I grieve, I really go away. And she's been wonderful and supportive. And, um, and so I went through the weekend and I was supposed to play tennis. Um, I didn't go Saturday. And Sunday I was playing with all women and usually I play mixed, but for some reason this that Sunday I was all women because it was divinely planned that it would be nurturing women. And I decided to text them on Saturday to let them know what was going on so that they understood my emotional state before I went on the court, not usual for me but me reaching out to people is a whole new thing. And the therapist I had before now, she would, she would say, you know, you need to recognize how much you're reaching out to people and asking for help. And so um, I reached out to all of them and the response was wonderful. One called right away and the other one texted me separately and said, I'd love to take you to lunch. Um, And then um, the other one was, is a friend of mine. So she was, she knew about it and was texting me. And when I showed up to the tennis court, my one friend who knew about it, she brought me sunflowers and they were just wonderful. And it was great to play. And I had Venus with me, which was great. And um, it was just a really beautiful experience. They were all just it was just lovely. It was lovely to let people hold space for me. Right. And I wasn't like it just was nice. And the thing I like about tennis, because this one new therapist is like, why do you play tennis when you're so sensitive? Because tennis people aren't usually sensitive. And I said, that's why I play because I like to um, get into a crowd that isn't sensitive. I like to forget it for a little bit. And plus, I love the game. So um, moving the story along, I've noticed my acceptance of people has been so much better. And I believe it's because I'm letting go of anger that I'm letting go of I'm let I'm accepting another part of myself, right? And so I've been talking to every therapist under the sun because I'm interviewing all these different therapists. And I was talking to the one therapist that I really want to work with. And I called her twice, I think, and emailed her, and she got back to me yesterday. And I was leaving the chiropractic's office, chiropractor's office after I told him what happened because he lost a dog. And I don't really go around telling people. I was, it's only a few people. I don't go into the grocery stores and tell people what's going on because I don't want to be crying. When my father passed, I didn't tell a soul. I was living here by myself. I just moved here. It was like eight months later. And I think I went on the tennis court like five days later, a week later. I don't remember how much long after. I didn't tell anyone. This is a little bit different so i uh this therapist called me and we were talking and she said i'm sorry i didn't call you and she told me the reason why and um i was telling her what i wanted in therapy and what i was looking for and she said it sounds like you're really hard on yourself and we talked a little bit longer and i said i said to her i'm actually not hard on myself i'm actually really kind to myself and what i loved about her in that moment i loved a lot of things about her and i have an appointment with her in the middle of september she she accepted that. I had a therapist in between the EMDR and, and my last therapist who was wackadoodle. And all she would do is project stuff onto me. And she'd be like, it was the craziest situation. She'd be like, go out and fuck a great guy. And look, I'm all for creativity and out of the box thinking. And I didn't mind that really, but it was like projection too. It was like, I'm like, Oh, where the heck did that come from? And then she was like, I think you're probably really mean to people. And I'm like, I am like one of the nicest people. Like, yeah, I'm tough, but I talk to everyone, everyone. And that was when I cut the ties with her. I was like, you're crazy lady, and I'm not going to take your projection. And and so what I loved about this woman, and she was like, oh, she like accepted that. She didn't like, she just was listening and she's like, okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. And I was like, okay. So you really have to be careful about the therapy you go to. So the other thing that happened is somebody who knew that my dog passed because I had to cancel an appointment. And I'm going to be very careful about how I tell this story because I care a great deal about this person. When I arrived on the tennis court and I gave it a moment because it was just this person and me, they knew because I was supposed to see them the day that Micah passed. And I said, I can't see you today because I'm my dog's not doing well. And then she, they asked me the next day, you know, what happened? And I told them, so I arrived on the court and I wanted to see what the experience was going to be like. And they never asked how I was. And I let the silence sit there to see how the person would show up. And after the silence, I finally said, how are you? And Um, I can't remember what the response was. And then we had a conversation, we shouldn't, they didn't ask at all about how I was doing. And what was so beautiful for me in the moment was allowing that person to be who they are, because I love them. I think they're amazing. And I also know not everybody has the capacity to be there. And in the past, I remember telling this guy once that I knew, you know, my ex-boyfriend just died and it was really difficult. And he was like, yeah, I saw that on I saw that on Instagram. And it was just, and I was like saying to a friend of mine, like, how could he be that way? How could he not be like, are you okay? And she was like, not everybody can do that. And I was like, that's bullshit. You know, of course I wouldn't. And this is a guy that wanted to date me and that would not be a good dating scenario. And I knew that, but what I realized is not everybody can do it and that's okay. And it's not, Like I would take it a little personally and I didn't take this personally. I can't, how people show up is how people show up and that's all they can do. Doesn't, especially this person, like I love them and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Like be, you do you, it's okay. And I think I'm able to do that because I have my own back so much that if somebody doesn't I think I'm finally see myself, which is what this journey, especially coming to Marin, has been about. And um because I see myself so much and hear myself, I'm able to have somebody I care about not see me and it not mean anything. So uh I'm gonna move the story along because I'm getting dizzier and that's okay because I know there's a lot of energy that's moving through me. So I um this morning as I'm recording this on Tuesday, I said, August 15th, I went, I signed up for a couple of uh, pet bereavement groups. And uh, this morning I went to one and I don't even know how to verbalize this experience. And I wanna be very respectful. It was not for me. We'll just say that first. I did not feel, I don't know what the facilitators go through to have to handle this I also don't know what rules they have to follow but I'm a healer and sitting on a call with over 20 people in pain I can't help but help I just can't help it but help and there was one woman crying so hard and like I said I don't know how these groups have to be facilitated so I have a deep amount of respect for the the person who facilitated but I also felt that the facilitation wasn't the way, it, put it this way, I won't go back to that group. Um, so I was messaging the woman privately just because she was in so much pain and I could, she was crying and I just wanted to make sure she was okay. And this isn't kudos to me. So please know that I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back for being there. Many people have been there for me. And again, when you're facilitating a group of over 20 people in a deep amount of pain, It's how could you hold that space? That's a lot of space to hold for people. So these, what I recognized during this call, I was like, wow, um, I'm doing okay. These people are in an incredible amount of pain. And I have a lot of tools and techniques that are already helping me through it. I mean, one person talked about it being like, she knew the amount of days and I'm gonna give an odd number of days just because I don't wanna disrespect her thing but it was like over 200 days like say and she's counting the days and i'm not judging that i'm i'm acknowledging how i i don't know what people are doing to get help that's what i don't know i've done a tremendous amount of help on myself so i like i said to the one woman who was crying like i said i've been reaching out to therapists and uh bereavement groups. I said, have you been doing that? And she didn't respond to that. And we we can't think that things are going to get better if we don't ask for help and get help. Now, granted, when she finally got to talk, she didn't know how to raise her hand and I raised my hand and I said, Don't worry about it. I will make sure that I'm just going to talk for a minute and I will make sure that they know that you need to talk. And then I told her how to raise her hand and she figured it out. And her pet had just passed. And the day before and she was in the place that I was the day after and the day and I get it and um I walked away from that group feeling better because I was like wow I'm not hurting that much like the way these people are and I have the facilities the techniques the tools the people like the outpouring of love that I'm getting I feel super blessed and I feel lucky And I had to go to the vet and that I'm not going to share that story right now. And, um, I went into the vet and they've been so kind to me and the woman at the front desk who knows me well, came around and hugged me. And we talked for about 20 minutes and I told her about my experience with the bereavement group and how I said, I feel better because I'm not, I, I, I have help. And some of these people don't have anyone. And then I went in and talked with my vet and I wanted to clarify, I was there for another reason, but I wanted to clarify that it was the right time. And I trust her completely. She's phenomenal. She's unbelievable. And the vet tech that was here during it, my favorite vet tech, she came out and we hugged. And I just had this experience at the vet, you know, again, where it's just these beautiful people that are just holding space and helping me through it and being kind and, And while my other dog was getting checked out, I went to the front of the room. And and one of the things I want to share with you is um, I know that I'll get another shepherd. I've already reached out. I always adopt, but I may do a breeder this time for a specific reason. And if you've got an opinion about that, keep it to yourself. And um, I know that my next dog, I love shepherds. I have a thing for shepherds. And uh, I wanted, I knew that like Micah was a pet therapy dog in children's hospital. And I knew that I believe in reincarnation. I believe Micah will come back to me. Um, I'm going to talk to my pet communicator on Saturday at four, my specific one. She wrote a beautiful book called Same Dog Twice. If you want to read it, it's a beautiful little book to read. Her name's Marty Meyer. She does not take new clients. Um, But. I felt Micah's spirit the minute he left. The minute he left I saw him bouncing around the room. Like look at me mom, look at me mom. Look, 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 look. I'm okay. And I, and I felt that spirit right away and I I feel him at different times and one night I was sleeping and I actually heard him bark, a clear audiently, I heard him bark and he came to me in one dream already and his big face was in my face and uh so I knew I know that when this dog comes again that we're going to do therapy work with first responders and emergency and I want to be the person that I I always thought I wanted to do um, search and rescue and I talked to this guy uh, who's in charge of the search and rescue here and met him in the trail he's a cop and um, we talked for a really really long time about it and so I researched it after he was like come to a meeting blah, blah blah and I was like okay great And I looked into it and I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do search and rescue because search and rescue, a lot of times when they um, do, it's amazing what they do, but a lot of times they, I I don't want to do it. I'm just going to say that. They usually find the person isn't alive, unfortunately, especially with hikers. And just reading through it and reading people's experience, I went, "Mm, that's not for me. And what I wanted, what I feel I want to do, I know I want to do something because the therapy work was amazing with Micah. I feel like I want to go to, um, I figured emergency situations where you go and you bring the dog and the dog is there to relieve um, the pain of the first responders and people that have gone through the tragedy and things like that. I was like, that I can do because I'm really good at, um, I've known this for a while. I went to an emergency room with somebody once and I have this ability of just looking in the person's eyes and taking the pain away. And um, I did this once with a kid who got into a car. He he, they must've gone to a fight and I came after. And he was not in good shape at all. And he got into the passenger seat and there were people helping him and his mother came and picked him up and he was in the passenger seat. And it's when he finally saw his face and he looked at me and we locked eyes. And I said, you're going to be okay. And it just comes out of me. And many of you probably relate to this. And again, none of these stories are shared from a place of look at me. I'm sharing. First of all, I can't even keep my head up. I'm sharing from if you watch the video, I think because I'm not eating and stuff and I got to go eat. I'm sharing this from a place of I hope my story helps you to see your light in you. I hope my story helps you to ignite the healer in you because you're here for a reason. You're here to help others. So, and that's what it's doing for me. That's what Mike is doing for me. And I'm gonna wrap this up in a second with the last story for today. But when I was in an emergency room, this woman was there, I think she got stung by a bee or something. And I did the same thing with her. It's just something I do. And she said, you didn't know anything I did. She's like, you have a gift of taking away pain. And I know that, I know that I can do that. It's not what I wanna do. Is my full time job, but it's something I want to offer on the side. I don't think I can do it full time. I think what I do full time is getting other healers prepared to do it out in the world. I believe that I'm here to be the help the domino effect. So I'm here to, in Next Level Living, I teach all those healers, vets, um, you know authors. um, uh, One of my clients is like getting ready to share her daughter's stories. Who's on the spectrum, you know, all these types of things. I have healers, I have mediums in there. And I feel like I'm helping them to really anchor into their, their unique qualities, their gifts, so that they can go out in the world and help hundreds. And then that way I'm helping millions. But on the side, I do believe, and this might not happen once I do it, I don't know, that I would like to go to these places with a dog and help. So I'm in the waiting room waiting for, um, you know, they're checking out Venus. And um, I start talking to this woman has this gold in there and he's all over me. And she's like, you know, Mike, it's totally okay. And I'm like petting the dog and the dog is up against me. And like I said, I have not been walking around sharing this with people. And I said to her, I just lost my dog. And she said, oh, that's why he's all over you. He knows he's a pet therapy dog. And I said, yeah, my dog was a pet therapy dog. And she said, I said, um, what's he a pet therapy dog for? And she said, emergency responders. And I said, are you kidding me? And she said, no, I got him like five years ago. And I could tell that he was really good at pet therapy. So I started the emergency response, um, program. And I said, you, you started it. And she said, yeah. And I said, and she's like we go to emergency responders and they really love it and you know they need the healing too and and I bring the dog and um he helps and the the emergency responders hug him and it just helps alleviate the pain and she said let me get you I was like I I want to do that and she's like got me a brochure she's like let me give you my brochure and I said um she goes it's in 30 states and I said what it's in 30 states And she said, yeah, Um, I said, because I'm planning on moving to Washington. And she said, oh, yeah, we're in Washington. And she told me her name and she said, oh, my number's on there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like Micah is just all over this already. He's like, oh, dude, this what you want to do with me? Okay, here. And so I left there. And I came home and. um, I've had so many responses on Facebook that I haven't been able to respond because it's been so heart opening. And I wrote this post to everyone that I actually will read to you. And I realized what Micah doing to me because when Micah came into my life, my heart was shut down and he opened my heart. And Venus is amazing, amazing. The two of them, just the most incredible dogs. A Venus came in for another reason, you know, they come in for different reasons, right? So this is the post I wrote to everyone after I had so many responses on my Facebook post. I, I just couldn't respond, but I read them all and it was just melting my heart. And so the post I just wrote is, I hesitated posting about losing Micah on Facebook because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to handle the love from all of you. Some people may find that strange, but for me, I guard my heart. The minute I met Micah, he bounced straight into my heart. I was supposed to adopt his sister, he wasn't having it. When I went to meet the girl puppy for the second time, as I was leaving, this little puppy climbed up my leg and yelped like Emmy, the dog I just lost. I picked him up and he nuzzled my neck. And I have a video attached to this post and it's on my personal Facebook page. You could see it, see the video. That was it, he was mine. I still can't write what this dog did for me in my life or all the things I'm going through at the same time he decided to leave. Today, I went to a pet bereavement group because I knew I needed something. Like I said, this is a big loss for me and I'm dealing with a multitude of things all at once. And I wrote in parentheses, who isn't? And when I go through stuff, I get help. This group helped me. Not because of the group, I will refrain from sharing that experience, but because people's pain is so much worse than mine. I felt so deeply for all of them and helped where I could. I'm a healer. I heal. This one woman shared she didn't have anyone to turn to. I understood how she felt, but this recent experience has shifted things for me. I live in a hillside house and didn't know anyone to help me transport my 100-pound dog to the vet. The vet came to me. They are a wonderful vet hospital. Micah came into my heart when I shut it down really tight. He broke it wide open and in his leaving, refused to let me shut it again. So he invited all of you into my heart instead. I've had so many people, including vets, neighbors, and people I haven't spoken to in years offer their condolences. And I have all of you, all you beautiful people. I haven't been able to respond to the comments, but I read all of, and you melted my heart. Thank you. And on the post, and I share this with all of you who listen to my podcast, because one of the most healing things for me is to be able to share through story and teach through story. And being able to share my story heals my heart. So I want to thank all of you for listening to me. And hopefully through these stories, I'm healing some of your heart. So I wrote PS. I have a video and I have one of my favorite pictures of my dogs on a hike, just looking out at the vista. And I'll never forget this day because it was during COVID and I was hiking with them. And I'm so glad I moved up here because I didn't know COVID was going to happen. And we been we would hike everywhere and then we would sit and just look out at the world together as a family. And I wrote, PS, the video was of the first time I met Micah, why I had the video on, I do not know. And the second picture is one of my favorites. It speaks volumes as to my life with my two dogs, how we would hike, travel, and just sit and watch the world together as a family. So I share this with all of you because I know many of you may be in pain, grieving. Many of you are healers. The world needs your gift. The world needs what you have to offer. Whether you're insecure about it or finding your way to feel confident enough to get your your abilities out there, find a support system. I I believe in my program, so if you really feel like next-level living is for you, let me know. Look at it, marilynaloria.com forward slash next. Go to the higher self, marilynaloria.com forward slash higher self. And if I'm not for you, find someone who is. Find the support that you need to grow your gifts and get your gifts out there because the world needs them. You know, I'm so... uh, Jennifer McLean, who I respect a lot, she wrote something on that post about sharing what I'm going through and how it's important. And I'm a healer who usually shares these stories after I heal through them. This time I felt it was important to share the story as I walk through it. You are all healing me, whether I know you or don't know you. Just being able to have people to share this story with, I'm so lucky that I have people that I can share my story with. And it heals me to know that I'm helping you. Many of you, whether you're writers, speakers, actors, musicians, healers, uh, therapists, um, vets, doctors, moms, dads, you're healers. Get your work out there into the world because this world needs healing. Two of the things I did this weekend, one was um, I watched the 13, about the, it was a Netflix documentary, about the 13 um, kids who were trapped in the cave. And one of the things that the Thai, I think it was the governor, Thai governor said is we saw the world come together in this event and work together to get these boys out of there. And it was such a beautiful documentary because you see the world coming together in a healing way to help. And they've never seen that before. And they didn't know if those boys were alive or not. And what they went through to get to those boys, they didn't even know where they were. It's like this most incredible story, but the world came together. We're healers. We're here to help each other, to heal each other. Find your modality, no matter what it is. Could be writing cartoons and get it out into the world. The other thing i Watched was true spirit about the girl who went around the world at 16 in her sailboat. Beautiful stories of courage, of healing. Do what you need to do to get your story out there. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for being you. And thanks, Micah, because Micah is teaching me so much. And thank you, Venus. I'm sending you a ton of love. Thank you. And, um, that's all I can say, have a great day or evening whenever you're listening to this. Bye.